Hello, 7th grade parents, hopefully 7th grade students as well. Welcome back to another episode here of Getting Ready for Junior High School. Again, this is Donald Clayton, principal at MBJH. The purpose for these podcasts, just as a reminder, is, you know, since we've been in quarantine, um, since we've had the pandemic going on, our plan of being able to bring students up to the school, bring you to the school, parents, um, and get you familiar with the building and see a lot of our the, the faces of our school. Um, just kind of had to be scrapped. And so we're we're kind of um, pivoting a little bit and doing things a little bit different, but hopefully a little bit more fun too. So today what we're talking about is we're looking at, we're starting our, our series on how to be successful um, in your transition to the junior high. Now, I'll be honest, there are different policies and different things that you probably have questions about. But really what we want you to hear um, is kind of a, sometimes a 30,000 foot view, kind of an overview of what we've seen as being successful transition. So today, uh, two teachers with us. Um, we have Betsy Keller, who teaches seventh grade math at the junior high. And we also have James Rogers, who is the band director at the junior high school. So Mr. Rogers works closely with seventh graders and Ms. Keller works exclusively with seventh graders. Ms. Keller has also parented. How many times, Betsy, have you parented? Through? Three. Three. She's parented through, well, she's parenting through still one, but she's two. parented to, through twice um, in through the junior high school. So um, she'll have some um, some good insight for you as well. I want to start out and just kind of talk about what are you guys, what are y'all's favorite parts um, of teaching at the junior high school? I, I love the community feel at the junior high. I love um, getting to work with all the different teachers, not just the ma other math teachers, but the other subjects, um, the getting to know the elective teachers, the just the whole staff. I think it's a great community feel, and that's what I love about it. Now, so you're you're in the tower, so it, it, we have to, like, do some work, climb mm -hmm. up there to see you because you're the on the third top. floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're located – you talked about being able to work with different subjects. Um, that's set up for you in your day, right, as far as you get to work with your math colleagues but also with other subjects as well. Right. Um, you know, I definitely meet my math colleagues every day, but – can make it down to the other areas. We have set up meetings um, to meet with the other curriculum areas, but sometimes you just go find them, seek them out if you have a question or something you need to talk about or just to visit. Um, right. Kind of one of my favorite things about the junior high for me is going places that aren't the band room just because the yeah. students kind of freak out when they see me <laughs> up in the tower sometimes. Like, you're, this isn't your space. It's you should see them when they see me in, like, the Piggly Wiggly or something. Like, they didn't know <laughs> principals exist outside of a building. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, well, um, my uh, favorite thing has to be the students. Um, you know, it's why I got into education. It's partly why I teach band is because I'm able to start with them in sixth grade and see them all the way through uh, their senior year of high school. Um, but, you know, getting to work uh, creatively with our kids is just kind of the best part of my day every day. Um, we really get to uh, do some very interesting things and they get to bring their personalities into my classroom in such a uh, unique way. And so, I mean, we, we have a blast. I, I've you know, said this a thousand times, but I, I don't really go to work every single day. I get to go yeah. somewhere and make music. And so, I mean, getting to work with our kids in that capacity is my favorite part. Yeah, that's that's pretty. And y'all have pretty different um, setups. I mean, you're, you're James, y'all are in, I mean, you're in a big band room and, and mm -hmm. there's probably a lot more moving around. I know there's a lot of movement um, in a math class, but it's like, come on in, We here's our stuff and let's get going. Right. Kind of talk to us about um, how you see 
Betsy, how you see seventh graders when they come to the junior high, um, what kind of things are successful for them in their transition to um, the classroom setting? Um, one of the things, you know, is, is coming prepared. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you come to a class and you don't have anything to write with or to write on, it's not that we can't borrow or find some, you know, provide some, but um, that kind of leads a student to start off the class feeling a little bit behind already. Yeah. Um, so coming prepared, but um, communicating with their teachers. What I found last year was the couple of days before school when they would come up and, and introduce themselves and, and communicate with us and, and let me know, hey, this is, I, I like to sit in the front or I yeah. like, you know, tell me something about themselves. And that just kind of opens it up to help me be a better teacher. Yeah, to those I, students. I'm glad you bring that up because, and we would probably say words like self advocacy, right. right? And and being able to, but like here's the other thing, and we could we could probably spend time on this. You don't just necessarily show up in seventh grade with self advocacy, right? Mm-hmm. And so our kind of approach is, if you don't have it, we want to help build that in yes. you um, as you go. But I think that's a big piece: is our students are learning to speak for themselves about what works for them. Because I do think there's a lot of students globally, not just in Mount Brook Junior High, who say, "Well, this is this is the seat that was open. This is where I'm supposed to sit." But it might not be in their best interest. And you say, Ms. Keller, you would like them to, to come and speak to you and say, hey, I think I'd be better off in this spot. Yes. And and sometimes it'll it'll be that I ask them questions that lead sure. them to let me know what kind of things work for them, what kind of student they are. They may tell me I'm a really quiet student. I don't like to speak up. And yeah. then I share with how I'm going to try yeah, to right. get them involved and learn to speak up in class. So we're talking about kind of like a scaffolding, right? You 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 talked about being prepared. Yes. Okay. And then you also talk about the the self advocacy, speaking for yourself. And there's also a piece in there that's organization. So if you're a, if you're a family that's listening right now, and I would be one of these if I had a student in junior high school, I'd be worried about this. What if you go? I don't know that my students organized. What do you, what do you say um, right now? There's an agenda that you get at the junior high, and I highly recommend that you use it. Um, and if that's not a system that worked for you, find one that does. Um, I have like three different apps that I use on my phone to kind of um, keep up with the different things that I have to do throughout my day. Um, but for our kids, uh, I mean, I think organization is something that makes that other or makes the rest of your school day a little bit less stressful. Yeah. Um, and um, going back to communication, I think that's part of it as well. You know, I'll have kids that come to me um, that are concerned about their other classes or concerned about, hey, we had this activity in band and, and I missed a day of class. Um, you know, what can I do to help? And the first question I ask is, well, have you talked to your teacher about it? Mm-hmm. And they'll, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you about it. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, that's great, but I don't teach math. Right. Um, and, and you don't want me to do math. <laughs> um, and so, you know, going back and kind of having that advocacy, but also finding a system that works for you, whether that is using your agenda or whether that's um, having an app on your phone, using the calendar function on your Chromebook or using mm-hmm. Canvas. Um, but we have access technologically to a lot of different methods to do that now. And sometimes just those little bitty reminders will go a long way. Yeah, I think about, you know, we would say we have access. There are a lot of choices out there, right? Now, I know, like, if I go to the grocery store and I walk down the cereal aisle, I almost get paralyzed because there's too many choices, mm-hmm. right? So there are some things that we have as a school district, like, we are going to use Canvas, period. You're going to have the Chromebook. You're going to have the agenda. So there's three good options slash cereal 
materials there for you to use um, and to get used to. I think the the message there is um, think about the scaffold. We at the junior high are not about the um, just those minute details. We're about relationships and the learning. Okay, yes. relationships and the learning. However, we can't get to those things if we don't have that scaffold built of being prepared having the organizational skills um, and the self-advocacy. Again, if you're listening to this and you're like, my kid's never prepared, my my kid is not organized, and I don't know about the self-advocacy, those are conversations that can start now, and we are going to help with that as we move through it. And I want to add to that because, I, I, you know, last year I had several parents tell me that up front. Mm-hmm. And then their child comes up, and I didn't see that at all. Yeah. Um, so sometimes – when they change from sixth grade to seventh grade and it's a new building, they're kind of starting fresh too. And and sometimes their organization actually is a lot better than mm-hmm. what parents know it to be. Yeah. But we're here to help them work on that. I mean, we don't expect them to come in perfectly organized and prepared and ready to, you know, do all of those things. That's what we're here for. And right. You know, we we can work with that and work with the parents and the students. That's a good point to remember that um, your student in the school might be better organized than they are in their with their bedroom. Yes, <laughs> yes. and that will be a comfort for I, me I as I lead the Clayton family. Um, so, talk. Let's talk a little bit more um, about. Um, what kind of role you see parents um, playing in that first year, um, and what are some things that you would say is, hey, this is a, this is a good approach, right, to leading a student. And some of our parents that are listening right now, they have a, their first students coming, their oldest is coming to the junior high. Some might be on their third or fourth. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what kind of role you see the parents playing for a successful transition and a successful first year at the junior high. Um, I think, you know, we keep hitting communication, mm-hmm. but I think that's a big one. If, if the parents um, will communicate with teachers and kind of this is what's going on at home, this is how, what I feel like where my child is, um, let the teachers know, and then give the teachers an opportunity to work with the kids. Um, and then we can slowly work on the kids being the one, you know, that send an email saying mm-hmm. I'm struggling with this and, you know, kind of work your way towards um, the student being the one that communicates mostly. But I love it when parents communicate with me and we keep that open and it just kind of preemptively, it prevents problems that could come up down the road if if we're open with communication from day one. Yeah, that partnership between teacher and parent to hold up the student um, it, it is, it's huge. It is. Now, when we were talking before we started, you mentioned a little bit about um, making mistakes, right, when you come to junior high school and how sometimes, like I do this. I mean, I don't have junior high age kids yet, but I do this. And I, I'm like, oh, my goodness, they made a mistake. You know, like I got to I got to help and fix that. Um, talk to us a little bit, Betsy, about your your kind of approach and what you've seen and parenting through that. It's, and I'm talking about mistakes like, I forgot to bring my assignment yes. to school. Um, and I have experienced that. You know, I'm talking from a parent now. Um, even if it's something like, you know, forget your lunch or forget an assignment, seventh and eighth grade is a good time to let them forget those things. And, you know, whatever consequence comes from that, mm-hmm. it's hard as a parent. You don't want to see your child face any consequences you know they meant to bring it you know they did the work or you know all of that but it's better 
to let them face that because chances are it's not going to happen again. Right. But I learned if I kept taking, you know, my child's lunch up to the school for him, which we can't even do that anymore right. anyway. Right. But if I kept taking my child's things up, they were going to keep forgetting it because mom will always scoop in and save the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's big, especially when you're talking about seventh grade, because we're we're going we're in a preparatory sense to for high school, right? And of course, high school is on our campus, but to start learning those things in seventh and eighth grade, so that you're well rounded in that scaffold before you get to the high school years. Now, and my children might kill me if they hear this, <laughs> but I did have one one time want me to check them out. I'm trying not to use pronoun. Um, and I was very confused. I came up, insisted that that one did not feel well. And it turns out they had forgotten to study for a test that they had that day mm-hmm. and admitted it to me. So I said, I'm not checking you out. Go on back to class. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you don't want your child to do poorly on a test sure, either. So sure. temptation is there to pull them and, you know, let them study and make it up another time. But, um, you know, we had uh, you have you have to go in and face that music and um Next time, I bet you won't forget to study. Yeah, and so that screams of, and it's a book that we've read as a faculty before, uh, Growth Mindset, or it's actually titled Mindset, but the topic is Growth growth Mindset versus Fixed Mindset, written by Carol Dweck. Parents, if you haven't read it, it's a great read from a parent viewpoint. It's a great read um, from having kids in school. Um, But so the concept of growth mindset being that, you know, if I make a mistake, that's not a label on me as I'm a failure, um, but in terms that's information and data for me to be able to grow. James, that's like what you see all the time in the band room. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, and, you know, even talking uh, you know, about grades and kind of giving them that opportunity, one of the things that I do with RAO, but most teachers do this with their uh, academic opportunities class, is um, I check up on their grades on a, about a monthly to at least every halfway through the nine-week spaces. Um, and that first uh, you know, first four weeks of school when you get that first progress report is always a very interesting yeah. time in the band room um, because then I start to communicate with parents. And, and what you see kind of going back with communication is you have some parents that have, you know, given a little bit of, 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 of the reins um, and their child has a B or their child has a C and, and, and hearing them talk about it. And it's just, well, they didn't come to me. They didn't talk about this. And, and, and they're mm-hmm. like freaking out. And part of it is after mine. Then, well, you you're, you do have a teenager now. Like, I mean, that you're, you're getting into that adolescent stage. Um, and, you know, they one, it's the fourth night or it's it's four weeks into school. There, there's nothing detrimental to your child's right. education at that point. Um, and so it's, you know, give them the ability to, to kind of continue to do it. And nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, those mm-hmm. same students, by the time you get to the end of that first nine weeks, that grade is back where they feel like it needs to be. Um, but, you know, when it comes to growth mindset, you know, we, we deal with that every single day in the band room of this is where, you know, you are and the possibilities are endless. It's just what you really want to put your time in to do. You know, one of the things I'm very fortunate uh, with my program is we have kids that are involved in every single facet of our school from cross country to football um, to cheerleading to dance to robotics. Um, they're involved in so much of yeah. what we offer at the junior high, which is incredible because they have this passion for music, they have this passion um, for our world, but then at the exact same time, you know, they're state champions or, you know, mm-hmm. even national finalists on the robotics team. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's just incredible to see what they have the ability 
to really do and explore when they get over to the junior high. Yeah. Betsy, did you see that? Um, that, that people talk about involvement, get involved. I even stand up in front of parents say all the time, like, help, and I do the kids, get involved. Do you see that as well, like through your parenting? Yes, I, I definitely believe getting involved helps them feel more a part of it, takes more ownership in their learning. You can't always make a child. I mean, I've, I've got one that mm. as much as I beg, you know, do things besides just, you know, sports, let's do some other things. Um, you know, I, I, I can only encourage so much. Sure. I do see the benefit in my students that have gotten more involved. And, and that's what's so great about it at the junior high is they're, they're meeting friends that might not have been in their little circle in elementary mm-hmm. school, but they're meeting that have other interests. And like, you know, James referred to interest all over the board. Yeah. And so you realize when you get involved like that, you can be friends with kids from all different circles. Yeah. And um, I go ahead. I was going to say as a, you know, I, I graduated from Mount Brooks. So as a student going to the junior high, um, that's one of those things, you know, you spent the first, portion of your educational life at one elementary school mm-hmm. and you have a close-knit friends of, of, you know, or a close-knit group of people that you know there that you're going to move on um, to the junior high with. And so one of the great things about the junior high is it combines those four different elementary schools and you're still a ranger, you're still, you know, a cougar, but you come into the junior high and, you know, now you're a Spartan and, and yeah. you meet those different people and you find those interests. It's one of the kind of like you said, it's the great part of the junior high is I think we have, what, 18 different elective options or something yeah, like that. Lot. And so these students have the ability to kind of explore and see what they have, you know, a passion for. And that's really, in my opinion, what what a junior high, what a middle school is for is kind sure. of letting them explore those different options in kind of a safe environment. So mm-hmm. that way, by the time they get to high school, they can kind of have a little bit more direction on, you know, the things they're passionate about. Yeah, that's good. And, and you're right. There's a lot of elective choices. Then we, the club model that we put out in the spring, um, it's usually we run about 60 or 65 different choices. So there's a lot of different ways to meet new people and to kind of tie in um, to different things. If you were, which you kind of are right now, if there are students listening, uh, last question if you were speaking to an incoming seventh grade student right now what would you tell them like in briefness like you'd say hey don't forget this or think about this what would you say I would tell them be excited yeah. I think you're gonna love it um it's it's normal to be nervous and to feel a little anxiety I mean the teachers are too we don't sleep the night before school yeah, we're sure. nervous and it's an excited nervous and I would say you know, have an open mind and come in and be excited because I think you're going to love it. Yep. Um, I would go back to uh, kind of what we've talked about a little bit, which is, you know, to find a balance. Uh, we have so many different opportunities at the junior high and there's so many opportunities in Mountain Brook. Um, and, you know, academics are very important. And I mean, that's that's one of the things that we, we really push for here as a community. But being able to balance those extracurricular activities that you have a passion for, which is kind of, you know, in a way your your release valve uh, is really important. Um, and then lastly is communicate with your teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're there for a reason. Um, we we teach at a junior high because we, we love that age group of kids yes. and we're there to really help them 
uh, continue to blossom. And so, you know, communicating with us about ways we can help you is probably the the most uh, beneficial thing that you can do as a student. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. Um, and I would say to you, students, um, you are you're wanted at our school. Like we we want you to show up. We mm-hmm. we want you to be there. We can't wait to see you. We can't wait to work with you. Um, I know, like switching buildings, there's anxiety. Like like Miss Keller was saying, there's anxiety that comes with that. Um, but we're there's a hundred adults in that building, um, and we all show up every single day to make your experience work. Um, so we're excited to do that. Thank you again, parents, students. Thanks for joining us. Ms. Keller, Mr. Rogers, thank you guys for being here today. I hope you guys uh, have a great one. Uh, Look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks. Thanks.